every new user that joined would get an automated email from me and they could book a like a one-on-one -on -one onboarding call so over the last you know year i spoke to hundreds of users to understand you know who they are and what they do and what they had for breakfast and get to know them basically hello and welcome to the digital spaceship podcast a marketing journal hosted by blue drop studio co-founder anna rowinska and myself omar juman this podcast has one vision, and that is to educate, inform, and inspire others who are trying to build their tech brand. Tune in and listen to us chat ideation, marketing, scaling, and everything in between with up-and-coming entrepreneurs, stakeholders, and investors in tech startups across the world. We'll be diving into the details and also hearing about the journey. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. In this episode, we're speaking with Saba, co-founder at Veed. Veed is a simple yet powerful online video editor designed to make producing short-form video content simple and easy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Digital Spaceship podcast. Today, we're talking to Saba from Veed.io. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show today, Saba. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, yeah, give us a, a bit of a background on yourself and what you guys are, are up to over at feed.io. Sure, thank you. Uh, so yeah, well, I'm Saba, obviously, and uh, founder of <laughs> Veed. Um, I have, I suppose, a creative background, worked in agencies in the creative industry. And then um, just over a year ago, me and my co-founder started Veed, which is an online video editing platform which makes it super easy to make content for social media, um, you know, edit Zoom videos, caption webinars, um, make content to, uh, you know, help you grow your audience and online, basically. Um, yeah. Incredible. So we can we can edit our Zoom videos. Maybe we need to uh, sort out a subscription after this for the podcast. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, cool. So jumping into investment then, um, or actually before we go into that, how long ago did you found Feed? So... Uh, probably about two years. It's like really, um, there, there wasn't like a starting date. It, it was kind of just like exploration side project that turned into like getting a few users. So it wasn't like, you know, this certain day it all, it all kicked off. Um, but about 14 months ago is when me and my co-founder both quit our jobs and went full-time on the project. Uh, wow. Well, or product or company. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the, the date that, um, okay. that kind of sticks out to me. Awesome. And over the, the 14 months then, have you guys um, gone through any funding rounds for investment? No, we are a complete bootstrapped company. Um, we've never raised any money. And we're not planning to do so in the next, you know, we're just not planning on it. However, yeah. I think if there's an opportunity, maybe in a year from now to, to take this to like a really, you know, the I say the big stage, but like, you know, to make it really big, then <laughs> the next maybe, level, you know, the next level. Yeah. So maybe at that, that there might be an opportunity there to do that. But um, yeah, we'll just have to see how we go. Yeah, that's incredible, um, managing to bootstrap it. And, um, and you know, in sort of our, our conversations offline, we've sort of spoken about your milestones that you guys have been hitting in AIR. And that's been incredible by the sounds of it. So absolutely well done with that. Um, it's, it's completely public, the yeah. revenue numbers. So yeah. Cool. So what did what did you guys recently hit? So right now we're about 1.7 million ARR mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we're just growing quite nicely and we're kind of like getting into our stride, I feel, and we're doubling down our acquisition channel. So really excited for the, uh, you know, for the, for the coming months, year and just, you know, 
keep building the team and keep growing basically yeah cool i, I like how you put that it's, it's settling in quite nicely <laughs> yeah <laughs> to a, a smooth 1.7 arr bootstrapped of course yeah no i think what, what i mean by that is like there's we we kind of now have like some like organization in the company it's no longer just like let me just throw a bunch of links out and see if people click on them <laughs> like you know we've kind of like worked a few things out we've built a team and we have a bit more process um so you know we're still ridiculously scrappy um but yeah cool there's a bit more, there's a bit more thinking going on now there always yeah. was but structured thinking <laughs> awesome so in terms of um let's let's talk about initial hiring and sort of team building and stuff then so of course around 14 months ago you guys took the leap um, and dived into it head first so in between now and that 14 month mark um what sort of roles have you guys been hiring in in-house or, or let's talk about the first sort of team you put together what were the first hires you made sure so um even at that point when me and my co-founder jumped in uh, and, and left our jobs we already had two part-time developers working for us who had already already been working for us six months prior to, to that point Matt and vilko still with us today absolute heroes love them to pieces Wicked. um so you know they were the first two hires and that was a graphics engineer and a full stack developer and you know i you know, i come from a design and technical background myself and my co-founder tim's uh, development so between the four of us, we, we got quite far and it was only, you know, we didn't necessarily need more people at that time. But I think after that, the next hire was Josie and Stefan, you know, two developers. Um, and then, you know, after a while, we're like, okay, we've got, we've got, you know, we need to balance this up a bit. Let's now get maybe a designer and some mar a marketer, you know, and there wasn't like a massive strategy or thinking about what we needed. It was just like, okay, we now have some bu budget that we can actually spend. Where mm -hmm. do we think we could most effectively use that capital and, and on, and on what hire basically. Awesome. So you mentioned that, you know, you guys then started to hire designers, you started to hire marketeers. So um, at what point uh, rough figures then between that 14 month period, you know, at what point did you start to think, okay, um, now we need to, to sort of invest in a marketing team? Yeah, um, our first marketing hire was one of our users who reached out to me on customer service and just said, it was Diana and she was like, hey, if you need, I, I can remember exactly what she wrote on the chat. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, hey, if you need any help with marketing or Instagram, I'm your gal. And that's, that's what it said. And I was like, yeah. you know what, maybe we do. And like, yeah. her Instagram, and I was like, she's incredible. Like, this is such a great opportunity. So we just got her on freelance. And then, uh, and she was running her own agency. And then a couple of months later, I, after a lot of persuading, um, she, she joined, joined the team, which was awesome. There wasn't, I mean, that first marketing hire wasn't like a conscious decision. It was just like, I think, you know, if we see great people and we really want to work with them, then like, that's an opportunity we just need to seize, you know, because finding great people is hard, you know, and mm. people that care about what they do is really hard. Incredible. So moving on then, um, what, to MVPs. So MVP wise, when did you guys first launch a something into the, the sort of the market? A something. So the first something, the first something that resembles anything like what it looks like today <laughs> would have been, um, it was in October and it wasn't October last year. It was October the year before probably. Okay. Um, I'm not even sure when that, is that right? What was I doing last October? Yeah, no, it probably was year before. Also, year before, and it was a like we called it a video editor, but it wasn't. It was, I mean, it was. You could like trim a video, add text to it, crop it, and that was add text, and that was literally it. It was, you know, 
embarrassing really yeah. like, I, I came from a, i came from um this sort of like approach before where i worked at agencies that like the work that you put out into the world needs to be perfect it needs to look incredible it needs to be like you know client ready or whatever or you know user ready um so it was a bit of a learning curve for us um but we just got on with it and we got it out to the world and just got our first few, few users and um yeah no it was it was good and you know we still have a very similar approach when we're le- launching new features and products now get it out nice and early get user feedback and um you know iterate from there and you know let the users guide the journey of uh you know wh- where the product goes basically yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, that's really cool. So one thing I'd like to jump into now is um, actually the idea. So of course you come from the creative background, so I'm sure you you experience those problems yourself. Um, and so what really prompted you to come up with this this um, idea and uh, the way that basically Veed has created the product? Yeah. So. I wish I could say that there was this moment where like lightning <laughs> hit me and I fell over and I woke up the next day and I was like, oh my God, all we need to do is build a video editing platform and make it online. Like it was never, <laughs> it was never like that. Um, the way that it kind of came about was, I think it was just like the world that I was like, Im- like immersed in at the time. So I was making YouTube videos. I was watching a lot of YouTube. Uh, I was very inspired by, you know, some of the creators, what they were doing, the audiences they were building. So I suppose that's what I was doing in my, my spare time. And then professionally, I was working in agencies, editing videos, you know, putting material together, working with content and, you know, and then at the same time in, in the world, you know, TechCrunch is like video is the next big thing and like Mm -hmm. Facebook video and like the word video just kept coming up. And so, you know, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about the, the landscape and I just thought there was an opportunity to make video more accessible because I, I was looking at my editing platform, Premiere or, you know, Final Cut. And I was just like, this is so complicated and that's mm. fine. I don't mind it being complicated, but there's other people who probably are going to struggle a lot more than I am. Um, and you know what, if you can make the actual, the process of making content easy and quick you can make more of it and that's the game that we were trying to play right so yeah that yeah. that that was kind of it but it developed over time it wasn't just like a one day thing it was just like oh that's interesting let's do something in video you know and then it was like okay this whole social thing's interesting what happens if we go in that direction a bit so yeah, it was yeah. a bit of a zigzag but you know we got there yeah great and and that's actually really interesting what you just mentioned so um of course every every startup needs to listen to to the users and sort of build out the offering as as you go as in, as you learn so um how how did you guys go about developing uh, the platform itself and coming up with like the new feature ideas to make sure that those things are relevant to the audience that you are catering for sure so it's really interesting question so early days before we started charging for the product you know we had the basics in there and um you know, we'd ask our users what they wanted and like nothing would come back or like yeah. nothing useful would come back. And we were just like, how can we have thousands of people using it, but no one's got an opinion? Mm-hmm. Um, the second we actually made the product paid, two things happened. One is people were like, that have used it would be like, I will pay for it if you do this, right? And that was like, oh, okay, interesting. And the next thing that was interesting was I will pay for it no, I have paid for it and I want to see this. So, you know, when, when we started getting paid users, there was a lot more, people were a lot more opinionated and that was amazing. So that really helped us double down on, you know, understanding what people wanted. 
Um, and then, you know, when we look at new feature development, we, um, you know, there's a good example of where we went wrong once. And that was, I thought it would be amazing to put a video effects into the product, right? So like a glitch video effect and like a VHS one, because I thought it looked really cool, right? And does look really cool, but <laughs> it doesn't resonate with our users at all. And, you know, that's an example of the development team or like, you know, when we we're just free people spending two, three weeks building something that actually has no end value. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, you need to be really smart with how you spend your time because you do three, four wrong features like that. You've now ran out of money. You've lost time. You know, you, so it's, it's very important to, you know, talk to them as much as possible. And something that I did, um, which I'm actually going to start doing again, is every new user that joined, we get an automated email from me and they could book a, like a one-on-one -on -one onboarding call. So over the last you know, year, I spoke to hundreds of users to understand, you know, who they are and what they do and what they had for breakfast and get to know them, basically. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Nice. I think that definitely speaks to like being 100% customer centric and massive commitment as well. But it just goes to show, I mean, you guys are growing like crazy and listening and speaking to, to your user and customer is just definitely just so, so much value driven. So um, one more question that I'd love to jump into is, so you come from the creative background and that's incredible. Now, building a tech startup is of course uh, a big subject. There's so many different things that um, you need to sort of think about, talk about, figure out. So initially, uh, were there any tech um, or startup communities that you joined or peers that you spoke with, or did you literally just jump into it sort of head on? and focus on users yeah so there was so yes there was indie hackers which was a big inspiration and i remember yeah i remember listening to the early indie hacker podcasts and just really enjoying the stories and that was like the early community building online with with that kind of movement which is you know a lot bigger now and then um there's another community in london called um indie beers that me and tim used to go to um, but it was all kind of very early days it was developing. Now it's a, it's a lot better. Um, and, you know, and, you know, that, I think that helps. And it's just nice to be with people that understand, like, how hard it can be, I think. Yeah. Especially in the early days. Like, that, there's something so nice about that, just having a moan. Because, you know, your mum doesn't understand. Um, <laughs> you know, she does, but she doesn't, you know. And your friends, not all your friends do either. So, uh, yeah, having someone to have a little moan to and a cry to uh, over a beer is, is pretty helpful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's really cool. Um, it definitely is so cool to just be able to share some of the pains and even get like a second opinion on, on stuff sometimes, right? Like the answer might be closer to you than it seems so yeah that's really cool um and so in terms of um how you guys now are growing and your your marketing um so of course you do video um so i imagine video content is is sort of number one in your marketing uh, game so could we talk about that a little bit more how do you you know on every day manage the content and communications with your community and how do you what are the tactics that you're using to grow that community Sure. So we follow this sort of a framework called jobs to be done, which isn't kind of like we have a persona of a user. Uh, it's more of like a user has a problem and they need to find a solution. And how do you get in front of them during that journey? Um, and so, you know, just just before I get into that, I, early days when we had no users, I actually went on Upwork and I paid marketers to talk to me for 10 minutes because I, I, all I wanted to know is like, would you use this product? And they all said no. Um, and you know, 
the problem the problem that I had then was they didn't need the product because they didn't have a need for the product, right? So, but maybe one day they will. And when they do one day, what are they going to do? We worked out they'll Google, you know, online video editor or they'll Google add text to video. So that kind of now informs our framework with how, how we operate. So when someone Googles something or puts into YouTube, add text to video, we need to come up number one, two or three. Um, so everything that we do now kind of evolves around that kind of idea. Um, so for example, Alec, he makes one YouTube video for us every single day and he has done for the last seven months. He's incredible. And, you know, he basically answers those search results in a video. And, uh, you know, every day we get a bit stronger and we grow a bit more and, you know, it just snowballs after, after a while, you know? Awesome. Um, so moving past that then in terms of, uh, creative content that you guys leverage, um, across sort of the, the digital space, you just touched on, you know, you do a ton of, um, of YouTube videos and stuff like that every single day, which is really cool. Um, but a lot of work I can imagine. Um, what would, uh, you know, what would be the strategy informing, you know, how you guys go about, for example, your, your Instagram feed. I am just not, as qualified to talk about Instagram than Diana, who yeah. does it for us, <laughs> sadly. Like, you know, the, the, I think the whole thing with content um, is just providing value, right? Mm-hmm. And offering as much advice and, you know, as, as free as possible. So, you know, on Instagram, we tackle topics like, you know, how to use Instagram Reels when Instagram Reels come out. And it's just like, you know, how to improve your, your, the engagement of your content. And we find that's a really great way just to, I mean, you know, put yourself in the position of a, a user and you've got a user or, you know, a potential user who wants to grow their channel. And all of a sudden they found this Instagram page that is just full of incredible tips every single day with how to make better content and how to grow your audience. That's definitely worth a follow, right? No mm-hmm. cat pictures, no, you know, no meal yeah. photos, just pure great content every single day. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that's the strategy that kind of underlines what we're doing at the moment on, uh, our Instagram and our blog. Uh, and yeah, we're going to develop that more and more over time. And, but yeah, I think it's going well. Wicked. And what would be interesting to dive into then is like uh, how much, um, of your acquisition comes through the social channels and, and the content or ultimately the videos creatives that you guys put out there across social. Sure. So, uh, I'm going to give you some numbers. We so we acquire about eighty to hundred new paid users every day, and then wow, every, every month <laughs> we get every month we get about hundred and fifty from YouTube, mm-hmm. um, and then we we get we don't know how many we get from Instagram because they don't click the link they'll go to their browser. Yeah, but I expect we get a good you know fifty to hundred from Instagram, and the rest will be coming from search and word of mouth, um, yeah, awesome. YouTube uh, not YouTube yeah other search channels. And, and when, when you mentioned those, those um, statistics and acquisition numbers, is that that's just primarily through organic content that you're sharing on these channels or are you, is part of that an actual paid acquisition? We have no paid acquisition simply because we haven't tried it, but also we, um, we, you know, we, we just, we just haven't tried it. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I need to give it a go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just get ready then because it, when you're going to turn that tap on and it seems like, you know, the tap is working. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your product. <laughs> just, yeah, brace yourself. <laughs> yeah, we've seen just, it sometimes. You just go live with a campaign and then, boom, the product breaks, like bottlenecks on signups and stuff yeah. like that. And it's just, yeah, massive headache. 
Yeah, I mean, we, so I think, you know, there's like so many growth channels that you can, that you can use. And I think, you know, what we've decided to do, not decided, but like we tested a bunch of different ideas and, you know, we found like one or two that kind of were showing some promising signs and then we like double down and just really make it work. <laughs> so I think once we sort of like get to a bit or like approach the plateau, not even approach the plateau, like we have initiatives starting next month, which is like, let's test new channels and then review that after two months and then whatever looks promising, we double down on, right? Yeah. Um, that's, that's the way we're thinking about it. I mean, the opportunity that we have right now is that every single person that makes a video with Veed, they, you know, 99% of them make it to share, right? Mm -hmm. With an audience. How do we kind of get ourselves, you know, with that, you know, distribution with the user? How do we get them to talk about us while they share their video, if possible? is stuff that we're thinking about. And I think Hotmail is a great example of this. When they launched uh, Hotmail originally, at the bottom of every email they sent had a, you know, sent with Hotmail, sign up to get your, your own account. And that exponentially distributed the product um, and, you know, grew to millions and millions of users. So we need to start thinking about that sort of stuff too. Sure, get some hacks out there. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Very exciting. Growth um, news. Cool. So in terms of um, scaling and sort of roadmap for the future for you guys, um, you know, what, what's coming up? What's next? I would love to like, I mean, no product is ever finished. Yeah. I would love to be able to use, I, I just can't wait for the day that I can use it myself to, to the point where I'm just like, everything that I want is there and it works super, super smooth. And, you know, right now we serve like short video really, really well, but to make like a longer form video, we're not quite there. So I think, you know, really understanding all the use cases, getting like what we would call feature complete. Um, yeah. So I think we've got, I think we've got a good, another good year or two of, you know, getting in the initial functionality, getting like, you know, version history in there, you know, improve it, like, you know, building out the mobile ecosystem as well. There's so much. I, you know, I couldn't give you the exact, you know, pillars of what these mm -hmm. actual features are. Um, but, you know, everything that we're trying to do is just making video easy online, make it easy to edit and share videos. So, you know, whatever comes under that mission, we'll, we'll build. And also yeah. speak to our users. They'll tell me. Okay. <laughs> um, so one, one question, I think, or topic we sort of jumped past was um, branding. Um, now, of course, coming from a, a design background, this must have been part of the conversation from a very early stage. Uh, but how did you guys, well, I say that, but uh, maybe it wasn't. How did you guys go about building your brand? Yeah, so guilty. Um, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, like, not intentionally. I mean, I saw something interesting the other day. It's like, if you don't build a brand, no, a back if you don't build the brands, the band brand will build itself, but it might not be what you want. It's the same as company culture. Mm. Um, you know, there's at different stages of the company, there's different things that are really important. So, you know, when you have that first version of your website out, you don't need to spend six months on a brand branding project and a design, you know, you just need to get that MVP out there and then you get a little bit bigger and then it's okay. Now it's about reliability. And I think we're coming to a stage now where we can actually take a, you know, stop pause, um, and be like, okay, what is this brand? Like, what are we creating? What are we thinking about here? Um, and so, yeah, that is something that we're actively working on right now. Like, a, you know, proper branding for the site and, you know, for our swag, if you could call okay. it that, our t-shirts, our stickers, our skateboards, you know? Yeah, um, awesome. Yeah, so, you know, that's the sort of stuff we're thinking about now. Um, and, I, you know, 
I think I, I want to build a, obviously a really, a really good brand. I think now's, now's the time to do it. Right. Um, but yeah, there's, you don't, you just don't want to procrastinate too early, like too much in the early days. And what I love doing just to remind myself, this is like Google Airbnb's first website and just look how terrible it looks. <laughs> Not terrible, yeah, yeah. but like, do you know what I mean? Like it just makes me feel comfortable that like our site doesn't look incredible, nor did theirs and look how far they've come. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to having the nice bells and whistles on the site though. Yeah, cool. And, and one more question around that. So what does uh, having a good brand actually means to you? Because it, it means actually many different things to many different brands and many different people really, because it can be, of course, the first thing, which is their visual identity and all of that stuff. And then there's also, you know, the narrative culture and, and things like that. So if you were to, might be a bit of a tricky question, but if you were to um, tell us what that, actually means for you guys what would that be yeah that's a really hard question I um, know. <laughs> you know brand is personality isn't it it's the clothes that you wear it's the things you do it's what you say um you know that's I think that that's what it is to that's what it is to us and and like you know and it's how you choose to represent yourself within that so completely for example um when you do think about you know, onboarding new hires and you send them that lovely package in the post, you know, is it a t-shirt or a hoodie? Cause that's actually a really conscious decision. Right. And like, is it a sticker or is it a mug? You know, <laughs> that's a, you know, that, yeah. that shapes brand, right. Is like, yeah. do you give them a water bottle or a skateboard? I don't know. And you know, that's the sort of stuff that you've got to think about. Um, and you know, it does go down to those minor, minor details, but you do need to, you know, establish that core idea at the top. And then that's, you know, that idea is a thing that can, you know, leap down into, into those other little touch points. And I think, you know, Slack had a really nice thing back in the, I, I'm sure they still do it where they'd send people like Slack socks because they're like Slacks yeah. and they had that checkered pattern on it. And that's really cool. You know, it's fun. It's a little bit cheeky. It's different. Um, and that's, and that's cool. And, you know, it's so important to stand out because everyone's got the same looking websites with those, you know, elongated humans on it that just look absolutely awful. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, just, try you know not necessarily be different for the sake of being different but like you know have something to say is that's cool you know and mm -hmm. so i think that's what it means to me awesome cool. um so before we we move into sort of wrapping up the podcast then um it would be good to, to dive into or look at your journey specifically over the past sort of 14 or so months um and a bit before that you know actually growing feed.io from from the beginning and um, what pieces of knowledge can be distilled from the audience from that journey um you know and, and is there any sort of things that the, the audience should be aware of when they're going down this journey themselves or mm. what do you think yeah massively so when we started uh, me and my co-founder loved building and designing products um like that's what we do and enjoyed it and there's like a love in the craft of coding there's a love in the craft of pushing pushing those pixels around and it comes to a point where okay like we need to do some marketing like we don't know anything about that so we're just going to have to do it right and have to you know learn so i think in the first you know three to six months there was like just a very high barrier of learning uh, that we just needed to overcome but then once it starts clicking god it feels so good right when you're like oh i kind of work out how to acquire users like you know it's not that hard um, you know, when you look back, it all, it all looks like it made sense, but there's a lot of like banging your head against the wall day to day. So that was like the first six months getting those first users and, you know, you know, learning new skills. And then also listening to a lot of podcasts and also doing a lot of reading, like educating yourself as much as you can. And then the next stage, you know, 
once we started, you know, getting paid customers, it was just like, you know, dealing with this customer support stuff. Like I didn't know what customer support was and I'm still learning about what it is today. And you know, it's another thing that you have to learn. And then the, the thing that happens next is like, okay, I got hire people. What? Like, how do you do that? <laughs> like, can I just not hire a friend? Like, no, you can't do that. You know, um, so, you know, there's always new things to learn and your job changes again and again and again. And like, I'm so sad that I haven't written any code or done any design work in the last few months. Um, so, you know, and you know, yeah, I don't know. It just changes and it's really hard. And I just have to accept the fact that my job now is none of the things that it was when I started. Um, but that's cool. You know, I'm, I've, I'm come to terms with that now and, yeah. uh, you know, just have to enjoy, enjoy the process and, you know, empower other people in our team to do that, do that on, you know, on my behalf and, you know, for the company and for themselves, you know, so that's, that's important. So a massive thank you to Veed for speaking to us. You can find them online at veed.io. You're listening to the Digital Spaceship Podcast, a marketing journal by Blue Drop Studio, a digital marketing and creative content agency based in London, UK. We're on a mission to grow the tech brands of tomorrow with creative content and social media advertising. Check us out on LinkedIn and bluedropstudio.com or hit us up on social at HeyBlueDrop on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Your hosts are at Anna Rowinska and at Omar K. Juman. If you want to talk about digital marketing for your brand, drop us a line at hello at bluedropstudio.com. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.